and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about the future of the church that sits in the cry room. But first, a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor for this episode is Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring to you the tastiest tacos made with the freshest of ingredients. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com to learn more. You can also follow them on Instagram at dontacomts. And now, to the show. So I have uh, Solana's story because um, I'm I'm almost to the the last chapter of uh, Thank God Ahead of Time, the Life and Spirituality of Blessed Solanus Casey by um, Michael H. Crosby. I think we put this in pretty much any every episode, but um, he. Solanus was celebrating his jubilee year as a priest. So he was at least, he was a priest at least 50 years. And um, Brother Pius Cotter, um, one of the friars in, in Detroit, because he went back to St. Bonaventure from um, Huntington to celebrate his jubilee mass. And, um, and he asked um, why, why he urged people to thank God in advance for the grace you're about to receive. And Selena said, it's like putting God on the spot because Jesus promised, ask and you will receive. So it says, Selena in his simple direct faith took Jesus at his word. Because of this promise, he reasoned, people could always put God on the spot on the assumption that God would be faithful to what Jesus promised. That's bold. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for this thing that I just asked you. It's like the ball is on your court. Jesus. I'm stealing that, by the way. Right? I am definitely stealing yeah. that. Put God on the spot. Thank you for giving me the patience that I need right now, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I only have uh, chapter eight, the last year, because his weeping eczema is getting really bad mm-hmm. right now, where to the point where, like, you know, you see his pictures, he always has like this. Irish smile. That's how it gets um, described. But um, in around like 1956, it says that um, the novices started noticing how he would wince from the pain of his weeping eczema on his legs. There was like raw meat. Um, And I was like, that is something that I fear in a way because I feel like there is a very direct relationship between physical suffering and holiness. You know, you have Teresa Lisieux who had this horrible, uh, debilitating disease towards the end of her life. Um, Saint Bernadette, same thing. Saint Bernadette. Uh, Saint, with the stigmata. So yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? I think it was Saint Teresa of Avila that said, "Like, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have." So few of them. <laughs> uh, I love that quote. 
So I'm like, okay, like I, I want to be a saint, but like, please don't send me calamity. I'm, I don't know. That, maybe that's just me. I'm I bruise a, like a, a peach, so I bruise like a peach. So I don't. It's because I'm guerito. So, anyways, uh, did you finish the letters of Tolkien? <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about. I'm a big Tolkien fan. Um, I just read the the letters of Tolkien, and man, it's so cool. One cool thing that I found out. I don't know if you guys know this, but did you guys know that Tolkien hates Disney? I somebody told me that. Might have been Carolina. He hates Disney. Carolina told me about that. Which is that. insane. And C.S. Lewis too, right? Both of them. The, I, think, I didn't know about C.S. Lewis, but I knew that Tolkien. Yeah. I mean, so, I just found out through this book. Yeah, so the 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 story that Carol told me was that both C.S. Lewis and uh, Tolkien went to see Snow White. Mm. And they came out like bashing it. I know. They're like, <laughs> yeah. So they were thinking of, a you know, after the, the Hobbit came out, they wanted to... To, to make it into a movie and you know all these companies are reaching out to, to Tolkien and all that and I remember he he wrote a letter to one of his publishers saying you know oh you know let's, let's see we know what happens and then um he didn't I, I don't think he wanted to he, he was like very specific of how he wanted the movie to be done and he said on, on, on one of the, the letters he said um just say no to every, to anything from Disney because I have heartfelt loathing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel, Tolkien. Heartfelt loathing. It doesn't get any worse than that. So if you're a Disney fan out there, I'm sorry, but Tolkien does not like Disney. I like Disney, but I love Tolkien. Well, Disney is responsible for Many a uh, calamity and changing stories at will of <laughs> classic stories. People are going to think we we hate Disney on this podcast. I mean, I have a Disney Plus account. Same. Yeah. You know what's Disney funny? I mean, Peter Pan, when you play Peter Pan and Disney Plus, it says that like, it has a, a, a Tobacco depiction and then a depiction of uh, the Native Americans. Yeah, Native yeah. Americans. I was like, thanks, Disney. Didn't think about that. <laughs> But I guess in this day and age, that is pretty offensive. Um, and those were the things that, like, I never stopped to talk about. Um, but this is the world we're living in now. Anyways, what, uh, Secret Fire? No. Secret Fire, yeah, I'm nearly done with that. So good. Uh, you're going to love that one, Ivan. Um, oh, I can't wait. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Fan. Talk about the one that you just found. Oh, so we were like uh, at St. Vincent de Paul this weekend, and Carolina found uh, Colby and the Commandant, which is, I'm really looking forward to getting into that one because it's like a dual um, biography. So is it the, the Commandant of the camp where Colby was? I, I, I would assume. I, I like I said I haven't read it, but just from the cover, it's like this is gonna be good. This is gonna it be sounds a good like an book. epic movie. Yeah. Then I went to Amazon because I sent you guys the link, 
and it's like 95 bucks on Amazon. I was going to ask you, how much did you buy it for? It's for like Ripple. 75 cents or something like that. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. That's those. God was like, has a magnet for those things, a radar. She, she can sense the books. Yeah, that is a superpower right there. So shout out to my that's wife. Crazy. It was amazing. I'm telling you, if you want to find an obscure book that is out of print, mm-hmm. Gato is your, your girl. Mm-hmm. She's your plug. Your plug, yeah. Your so plug. I'm really looking forward to diving into that one. Um, I have um, a story of Thomas More, and it began with Benedict. Those are the three books that I think I'm hoping to oh, get through. I asked through you about it began with Benedict. Yeah. Um, the the one about Thomas More is it a men for all seasons like the play? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. So it's it's a book about him. Because uh-huh. the only one that I could find about Thomas More is a men for all seasons, but it's just a play based on his life. I have it in my bookshelf. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I buy a lot of books that I don't read. I should really. Did I tell you I want to do one book per month? Maybe. That's my goal too this year. Barbatus book club yeah it's gonna become a thing this is gonna come out all the way in uh, april (laughs) so maybe by then hopefully we have a few other books that you have heard us talk about yeah if we're still talking about the secret fire and the and the solano's (laughs) book by then please call us out on it yeah seriously um anyways uh, our topic today is um our episode is is titled uh, the cry room and um, I got the idea for this episode basically out of despair and um, frustration because that's, why are you laughing? That's it's, the best source of inspiration, though. Well, I can that's laugh about now. It's so accurate. Yeah. And it's going to be like a, a catharsis um, for, for talking about it. And, and maybe you too can help me sort out a few things, especially Gustavo, because he has older girls. Um, so taking your kids to mass. So right now, um, we have, Deanna and I have gone through going to mass with one kid to going to mass with two kids to going to mass with um, three kids under five. And, you know, it's one of the most challenging things and and one of the biggest sources of frustration for us, at least. And, you know, I don't know if this is when, when you go to mass and you always have this sensation that everybody is watching you, you know, that everybody is like. Because they are. Because they are. But then that's and they thing. judge you too. That's no, true. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, some people they judge you on how bad a parent you are. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a thing. That's a, from from the um, from the want of approval of others because of the behavior of my kids at mass. Deliver me, O oh Jesus. <laughs> exactly. That be the of humility for exactly. parents. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. So, the I feel like most times it's an exercise on humility and managing expectations, you know, basically because um, after Lucia became a toddler and Emilio and Oliver um, cannot sit 
still for I mean they're they're like almost uh, almost four and five, so they're going to distract each other um, quite often. And if and if you bring uh, books, you're gonna give a book for each other, but they obviously want the opposite mm -hmm. book, and then it's gonna be a fight about it. Or if you give your rosary to one, the other one is gonna want it because he said his rosary. All these things. So we've gone from like sitting closer to the altar so they see what's happening to sitting closer to the door so the walk of shame is shorter <laughs> to the uh, narthex you know um to going to the cry room where the kids are isolated if they start losing their mind it's okay because it's only you and the other families with the other kids that are also losing their minds um to the point where we just started um splitting masses and just Diana takes Oliver or Emilio and I take the the other kid. Um like Solano's parents. Like Solano's mm -hmm. but they had eight. 16, they had sixteen dude. and the, the thing is like they split it because they cannot all fit in the buggy. The buggy. Um but you know I I I feel bad and, and Catholic guilt is real, but um I I think that um right now this is where we're at and it's like very real. And also it's like you want to take your kids to mass because there's no other way that your kids are going to know how to behave at mass if they are not going to mass. Correct. So they need to get the flying hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, this is kind of like a recurring theme in the podcast. Like, I think the shared experience that we have, all three of us, is that we were poorly catechized as kids. And I don't remember going to mass with my family. We went like for maybe a couple years together as a family. And because we went to a uh, Misa para Niños, um, which I don't know if they had that in, uh, in Hermosillo or in uh, Jerez, but it's like a very charismatic mass and the songs are aimed for children and you know yeah we had catered yeah catered for for children but you know in the u.s that's not a thing and and I, it's not like i want that because i want my children to be uh, accustomed to good liturgy um but that requires that i have all those feelings of frustration so in this i'm pretty much gonna lean on gustavo because he has older girls to tell us that it gets better <laughs> and any listeners out there you can tell us what are your strategies for you know having your kids behave a little bit better but but before you know i mean it's you're not gonna tell us right now because we are recording this episode <laughs> but ivan what has been your experience Taking the girls. Man, you know what? When we when we just had Lily, it was, I mean, it was a piece of cake. You know, it's, I mean, obviously she's a baby. She's in the car seat. She would either be napping or, you know, my wife feeds her, breastfeeds her, and then she goes back to sleep. Um, and then she started getting a little bit older. And when she wasn't in the car seat, I would hold her on my lap and she, she, was, she was fine. But then I think. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of just the way that I see it. But when the pandemic hit and we couldn't go to mass, you know, we were just like pent up 
the apartment for the whole time. And then when we finally came back to mass, it's like she had no idea what it was. And it's like, oh, fancy church. What is this? I'm going to run over here. I'm going to go over here. So it was it became so hard to be inside of inside of the main church because she just wouldn't stay still. And yeah, like you have those moments where she's screaming her head off and you know, like you feel that at that moment, like just everyone just turns and their gaze is on you, yeah. like the eye of of Sauron when he's like focusing on the <laughs> ring when you put it on. It's like I put on the ring and it's like yeah. everyone's looking at me. I'm like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Because it's just crazy man it's scary well granted like not to say father klein father Canelli at saint john of arc they made a great job saying we want the kids absolutely bring the kids mm-hmm. to mass absolutely this is this is our own failing as parents and feeling this. <laughs> well <laughs> speaking more for myself i don't know if you feel like you're you're failing but sometimes it can feel like that. well like bishop Olmsted said in his exhortation uh, if the church ain't crying it's dying. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. You need, so you need new blood in there, and it's. I mean, you you nail it, Walter. I mean, there's no other way other than taking your kids to mass. I mean, making it a, a part of life, and eventually, kids grow out of being kids, and it does but get better. When? Yeah. Well, like, how old were the girls? <laughs> Like when they started to go to RE? Um, a little younger than that. I want to say like four and six, maybe. Okay. But because Ana Lucia was already six and Frida was like, okay, that's how you behave in mass. Hmm. But, dude, Ana Lucia, like, she beat me when she was like your kid's age. Hmm. That was around the time where I was like, not very consistent with my faith and I wasn't really growing. I was like a, a Sunday Catholic, right? And she would be like like that, you know, just running down the aisles and laughing and yelling and she would be like full of energy and she would always just manage to get out of the reach of my fingers. <laughs> you know, so I would like tiraba el gatazo and I would barely like <laughs> reach like the back of her hoodie and she would sprint down the down the aisle and she would go all the way to the altar if i didn't sprint out like behind her Mm. she would literally go up on the altar and now you're like okay everybody's seeing you now yeah and we literally got asked to leave one day no that's how bad it was yes it was in, a, by another provision. Yes, in Nogales. It was a, I think it was a baptism of one of our nieces or nephews or whatever. <laughs> and she was just ¿Sí like wailing. Acá, she was just wailing. Rosita dijo. The pre, no, the, Ros, I hope, I wish it would have been Rosita respectfully <laughs> saying, sir, can you please? No, it was the father, the priest from the pulpit. It was like he stopped what he was saying. Ask us to please take the child outside. Wow. That was like a low point. So I just don't want people to think that we got everything figured out here. My kids are older now and and God bless them. They're really good kids. But 
Ana Lucia gave me a run for my money when I was, when she was little, you know, to the point that I was just like, I would just stay outside. I would get to church and the first peep out of her, I would be like, Let, let's go. And I would listen to mass outside and not really listen to it because I would just be running around preventing her from mayhem outside in the church. Yeah. So it, it got to a point where I was like, why, why am I going to church? Because I'm just yes. frustrated. That is exactly the same feeling that we are trying to fight. It's like, why are we even doing this? You know? Um, But it, it's that consistency, I think, that... um, and, and Mass here also helped because when we first moved to Phoenix, we were going to a couple of different churches. We used to live, like, closer to downtown. And we were going to uh, St. Francis Xavier, mm -hmm. like the 12th like the noon mass and it was like really really loud and noisy and like a ton of people and it felt like you were in like a plaza not so much at mass mm. so it was like a lot of commotion so she kind of like started feeding off of that you know this noisy here i can be noisy exactly too. yeah and then initially we were like in chandler for for a couple of months uh I think it was St. Anne's. They have a huge cry room. And we were like, well, we're just going to stay in the cry room because we know how she is. She was like maybe three at the time. And Frida was like barely one. And it was like the cry room couldn't keep these kids quiet. It was like so big and it was so many kids and it was just like a day at the park. And she was just wow. like, okay, all these kids are, kids are yelling. This is what we do here. You know, so again, it was like that is like, I don't want her to associate mass with play time and loud time and screaming time and time where you don't listen to dad or mom. You so can again, do that at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we had like rough patches, right? Obviously, kids are going to be kids, but but it does get easier when they start growing out of it. I mean, when I'm talking about five or six for Ana Lucia, so four for Frida. So Frida was always a lot calmer and she was always taking after her sister. And we did that. We started going all the way to the front, all the way to the front. And we would try to explain the things that were happening on the altar, look at the crucifix, look at the choir, you know, try to get, get them engaged in what was happening. And, and yeah, eventually just, everything fell into place you know you get to a point where you're like um able to listen to mass and as soon as they can follow along we bought them their own missiles so now they're like engaged in in the readings mm. um we were very um adamant about giving them rosaries and sacramentals that they can keep for themselves and bring to mass, you know, so, so they can feel more part of mass. Uh, we would take them to the rosary uh, before mass so they can just like get the whole experience. And, and yeah, I mean, it's trial and error. We did all those things, you know, and now we're back to the cry room. Not, not the cry room. Well, I, yeah. I, don't th I don't think we've gone to the cry room yet. But um, this weekend was the first time that we For those who don't know, Gustav and Carolina are, are amazing, and they're they're fostering um, three kids mm -hmm. just recently. So just you, recently, three. So you we started with two. 
You went to mass with five children. We went to mass with five children this past Sunday, yes. And this man a cigar. And you're still alive (laughs) right now. And I mean, it was a little challenging, you know, but only the 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 younger one, the one year old, was he's a boy, and and he's a little inquieto Mm -hmm. at times. Uh, So there has been a time where I have to go out to the narthex with him or whatever. Uh, but we also have to kind of like strategically time it where, like you mentioned, they have to be fed. They have to be like properly napped and so on and so forth to try to minimize any outburst of rage that comes out of these dragons. Right. Yeah. So, because that's what they do. They just, they just just become mini dragons. And I mean, I would not be surprised if he starts spitting out fire one of these days, you know? (laughs) Because they're, that'd they're be pretty awesome. That'd yeah, be pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yes, mom. There um, will be dragons. But mm-hmm. but no, I think we really lucked out. Um, the other two little girls are a little older. They're like uh, three. They're three and five. So they just take out from what they see with my kids. They're like, okay, we sit, then we stand, and we're quiet. Mm-hmm. But the baby's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been here for about ten minutes already. I'm why are we due for another here? scenery? <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, um, it's finding ways of of keeping them engaged and try to keep them quiet because I I am mindful of that. As soon as if by the third time my child is being a distraction to everybody else, I just I just walk and go out for a little bit. I think the the moment we realized that we cannot be in the main church was Lily was just throwing a fit. And we already had Pia. Pia was maybe two, three months. And man, Lily threw a fit. And I was like trying to, like, I picked her up to take her outside. And it was at Spanish mass too. I remember this perfectly. I picked her up, took her out. And then the, when I picked her up and I genuflected, she was like, no pegues, papa. No pegues. And I was like, oh, no. They're going to think that I beat my child. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Emilia does the same thing. Don't oh, hit me. And I'm like, man. I, am, I don't beat I don't my hate children. You. Okay? So I'm like walking to the narthex and everyone's staring at me. And I'm like, man, they're going to call Child Protective Services on us because they probably think that I hit my, my daughter. Yeah. And then we finally started going to the, to the cry room. And she's, I mean, she's just energetic. You know, she's just super curious. and Yeah. And then, like, now she's kind of starts, you know, like, if we say something, she'll repeat it back. And I remember one time we've run into the Cantus, to Walter Sam. Yeah, we, we see each other quite a bit in the Several cry room. times in the cry room. I remember one time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're going to tell the story? All right. I'm not going to say the word, but. This is going to get good, guys. I mean, it's, I don't know what she was doing. And, and um, she is not getting into the habit of saying the F word. And, you know, we just tell, you know, my wife and I, we always say like, man, we just hope she doesn't say that mass. Lo and behold, <laughs> middle of mass, like Walter and his family are sitting behind us. And then Lily, she doesn't have a quiet voice. She's pretty loud. She says the F word and I turn around and D is just dying. She She's couldn't laughing handle it. so hard. And I was just like, Lord, I, just take me now. <laughs> I didn't catch it. I didn't oh, know what had man. happened because Good. I was, you know, struggling with Emilio. 
So we like try to find ways to entertain her now where like, okay, here's this book. Book's not working. Give me a snack. I need another snack. Here. She now she like buckles the car seat or or PSs or like whatever like stare into Emilio's eyes. I don't care. Something <laughs> that will keep her there without mm-hmm. you know what crazy? I like about Lily? That she uh, mean mugs everyone that is not Bro. you and Nayeli. And then she does like she, it's somebody that she doesn't know, she like mean mugs him. And then she like points at me and Nayeli. She goes, Papa. Like saying like that's my dad is. But I'm like <laughs> I have I have seen you, girl. Like <laughs> we're friends. But she kept mean mugging me. I keep mean mugging her back. Do you remember when when the last was dusted? Oh yeah. Wait, you scared Lily? (laughs) Well, what time? I think I've scared her a couple of times. It was at Steve's house. Oh, yeah. What did I do? I was... I'm blanking out. Why are you scaring little children? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what what it is. I I I think myself... I don't know if you dropped a a toy or something, but you... Like, went to pick... Oh, she was playing with, like, a train, and I thought it was my... One year old. Oh, that's right. So, that's right. I, in in order to prevent my kid from breaking something at at somebody else's house, uh-huh. it's instinct, right? You saw you you sense a tiny person, uh-huh. and you're like, they're grabbing something they're not. That's my kid. So I went like this without even looking, and it was Lily. <laughs> I didn't grab her. I didn't touch her. I touched the train. I was like, don't touch. I was like. Don't play with this right now. Mm-hmm. And it was Lily. It wasn't. It wasn't my kid. Y lo miró con un sentimiento de she que... was just like, "How dare you tell me not to touch the train? How dare you do that, sir?" But now I cool. felt so bad. Now you guys are cool. She calls you Theo. Yeah, now she calls me Theo. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why does she call me Theo? Because you didn't help move, son. I know. Uh, that's true. Us. I see how it is. Anyways, coming back to the topic. <laughs> Um, you notice how now I say anyways instead of anywho since you That's called good. out that I say anywho a lot in the podcast. Any, we're, we're making anywho t-shirts. <laughs> anywho t-shirts for Walter. What was it for you? Right, right, with a question bro. mark after right, and then bro, and then bro for you. Yeah. I think yours needs to be. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, if you would like t-shirts, Barbatos Catholic podcast t-shirts, hit us up. We can mm-hmm. make that happen. Um, okay, so I just had like three more points that uh, that I have in my notes that I I think we should discuss. Um, number one, if you see young families at church, please be nice and encourage them. Like you 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 are hearing like firsthand um, stories about us and how we have been struggling with taking our kids to mass, and you know. As Bishop Thomas Olmsted said, if the church is it's not crying, crying, it's dying. So we want those children to grow up in the faith. And it's ultimately a positive thing. But, you know, it's going to take time for for these children. And then, you know, what thing gives me like holy jealousy is you see this, these families with like six, seven children and they are all well behaved. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Families, yeah. How did you know? Like, write a book or something. It's like, how did you, you know? Do that? Start a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> and they're like dressed in suits and like perfectly calm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Tell me your ways. Well, Carol uh, um, is one of 10 children. And she tells me that that's the way they were. That they weren't rowdy at mass. I'm like, how did your mom and dad do it? It's the key. I don't know. I don't know if that's the key. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, I mean, that's what she tells me that they were never. And I don't remember me being like rowdy as a kid at mass. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if kids are just. You knew. Sabias que te iba a ir mal en la casa. You knew that something going on. Maybe. But, um, 1B, I think it would be to uh, sit close or, well, right now that's kind of not an option. But I've, I've, before, I think Oliver used to behave way better when he would sit in the same pew uh, as the girls. Oh, yeah. Um, so sit with someone that uh, um, that you are friends with that you have the confidence to pass on the babies um, so they can help when they become rowdy. Um, yeah, because sometimes the kids are so used to you, right? Yeah. That you're like, if they have an interaction with somebody else at mass, maybe they are more prone to uh, emulate what they're doing. Maybe. I don't know. Be in their best behavior. Or be in their best behavior because they want to be like on the right with yeah whoever's carrying them or caring for them in that moment. Yeah, that, that also works. Um. And number two, please remember that Mass is communal. It, it is not your personal time of prayer. Um, and this is not a put down, but just the fact that um, when you're going to Holy Mass, that's when the body of the church becomes one in the Eucharist. So there will be things that will interrupt your prayer if you're trying to approach it from an, uh, uh, this is my personal time of prayer. It is not your personal time of prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a communal prayer. It, it's the most perfect way. If you want your. Yeah. Go to adoration. Yeah. Yeah. Sign up for perpetual adoration. If there is that in, in your church, go to visit the tabernacle if the church is open. Um, so we had an experience like that. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's fine. But we had an experience like that at a church, which I won't name, but. It's again when we first moved up to Phoenix. We were trying out different churches. I mentioned like St. Francis Xavier, and then we moved north. So we moved out of that place and we moved north to the house that we live in now. And then we tried a couple of churches around here, finally landing on St. Joan. But we went to this one where we, one of Carolina's sisters was visiting from out of town and and they had at the time, I think he was around four and he was like a rowdy boy. So it, like all kids are, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. Kids should be kids. Yeah. Let's, let's be very clear about that. Especially boys. Boys are going to be a lot more energetic than girls. Um, so th- we sat down and when we got there, it was like maybe 10 minutes before mass started. And we sat down and like two pews in front of us, there was like this older couple. And as soon as we sat down, they started kind of like turning their head a little bit. And um, they started turning their head a little bit um, because my nephew was being a little rowdy, was being a little kid. Mm -hmm. 
And then like three minutes before mass started, he was like being even more rowdy. And this couple just flat out stood up, gave us the stink eye and moved like six pews down and sat down exactly at the same um, elevation as we were, as they were before. So that, it's not like they, oh, we're going to think we're going to go to the bathroom or what. No, they made it a case to see we're standing up because you guys are interfering with our prayer. And that might have been, right? I mean, I'm not excusing, right? But I would have been a little bit more tactile about it. Coming to your point of saying it's a communal prayer and be respectful and be mindful and 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 give give these parents a uh like a break you know yeah don't make him feel worse than they already do i was like we don't care we're trying <laughs> exactly i i would have been like okay i'm if i'm not gonna be able to listen to mass here i'll go to the bathroom and then i'll just go find some other place make it a little Dissimulate yeah andale, exactamente. <laughs> they made it a, a point to get up in front they Gave us a stink eye, and then they moved like five pews we have ahead of us. Ha- we have that happen once where there was a, an older couple sitting at the very end of the same pew that we always sit at because consistency when we were sitting inside of the uh, the church. And they saw us arrive, and we sat down, and uh, they just went away. And I was like, but they were just- Did we say something? But I showered today. I know. <laughs> it's Sunday. Um, anyways, it's not lack of uh, lack of want. We want our children to, to be in their base, best behavior, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen. It's not in the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess number three, and then we can go to final thoughts. Um, the silver lining here for those listening that are in the same boat as we are, is that we kind of already touched on it. That this is a stage that, that, that won't last forever. Um, but I'm pretty sure the new, new challenges are going to uh, arise, um, you know, as, they, as the kid, kids become older and bringing kids to, to church. But um, maybe once they are older, they're going to participate better in the Mass. It's just, it's just a matter of, as parents, Praying for patience and do what works for your family. If if you need to sit uh, up front, if you need to sit towards the back, if you need to go to the cry room, please don't let that define you. I think there is like the temptation to to think that your kids are um, um, like the the bar that measures you, like how good of a parent you are. And uh, and I can see that because they could be a reflection of, of what we are. But God didn't call us to be perfect. Well, he called us to be uh, perfect because he is perfect. But um, he, he didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. I guess that's mm-hmm. the way that I can put it. And, uh, you know, all of those little sufferings, we can just offer them up as little mud cakes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. We're here. We showed up. We we want to have our kids be part of, you know, worshiping and being part of the community. Um, but, you know, this is kind of like contradicting to what I said now that we split masses with the kids. But final thoughts? Um, the other thing that we were able to do 
because of COVID, they obviously capacity was down to, I don't know, maybe 50% when they first opened up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a 6.30 mass um, in the morning on Sundays, which was um, no choir. And it was like a shorter mass. It was like a weekday mass almost. Um, so that worked out because the baby was getting us up at that time anyway. So just like, went straight to, mass. yeah. So we were like up at five and by six fifteen, everybody was in, in the church and, and he would tolerate that, that mass a little bit better because he was like recently fed breakfast. So just have a bottle and we, it would get him through the first 20 minutes. And then it was all downhill from there. You know, so it, it went quick. So find maybe, and it wasn't a full mass. It wasn't like packed with people. So there was a little bit more wiggle room to sit farther away from people so you wouldn't bother them so much maybe. Yeah. Very echoey though. <laughs> <laughs> Very empty church equals echo, echoey church. Um, but that also helped us. I think that got us through kind of like the summer uh, when we when when the first the kids first came to us. That's what we started doing. So again, find ways of doing it, whether it's kind of splitting masses or finding a uh, another mass that is not so full. Maybe go to like vigil mass on Saturday instead of the yeah. Sunday mass where it's really packed. And yeah, try out different different um, schedules that work out for the kid too. You know, because you don't want the kid to be, your your children to be unhappy uh, or suffering if they're like hungry at noon mass and you know that they're like starving by the time they get out at one or whatever. Yeah. If you don't go to the mass, you know, try something else out. Just be flexible and with that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, as parents, we try our best to instill the faith in our kids. And obviously one of the best ways of doing that maybe the best way is taking them to mass. <clears throat> yeah. Praying with them and, and, and teaching them the faith. That's, that's a, a, a huge thing. Um, but taking them to mass, like that's a, that's a, such a big part. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, it can be difficult, but I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't like, no, let's, you know, let's leave Lily with my parents and let's just you and me go to mass. Like, no, like I want to take my daughters mm-hmm. to mass. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever had it where, you know, somebody like an older couple or whatever has, you know, given us a stink eye. My wife is very feisty, <laughs> so <laughs> they know she better. would not be nice about it. <laughs> and I feel like I would be the same way. Like, I feel like I would, I would get pretty upset if somebody did that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we try our best, um, but you know, just don't be a Karen. Mm-hmm. Don't be a Karen and, you know. We're trying our best as parents. We just want to want them to understand the mass and mm-hmm. participate. They might be crying and screaming, but they're praising the Lord in their own way. You know? Yep. Yeah. For some reason, it always happens around the time of the prayer of consecration, mm-hmm. at least for my kids, because mm-hmm. they know that the present food. There was a soul sister that told us that um, the reason why kids cry the most at the moment of consecration is because they're united to the sacrifice of Jesus. So there you have it. It's a little consolation. 
And I think we will leave it at that because that sounds like the smartest thing that I'm going to say in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and uh, let others make their own mistakes. You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatos Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at www.barbatoscatholicpodcast.com, where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. And take the little ones to church. Bless us, Casey. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Until the next.